Welcome to Riot Radio. I'm your host, Alyssa Scott, and today we have a guest. We have Jessica Farrell. How are you, Jessica? Doing good. Good. Uh, Jessica is uh, Caleb, Coach Caleb Farrell's wife, and she is a physical therapist. Uh, starting out with a little bit of background information, Jessica, uh, so you are a physical therapist. Um, so where is your practice? I am the clinic director of um, New Horizons Physical Therapy, which is on um, 10th Street in Jeffersonville. Cool. So what do you, so what is a, so what is your kind of specialty? Uh, There are a wide variety of kind of physical therapists, but what do you like to special, specialize on, I should say? So I'm outpatient orthopedic. Okay. Uh, I do see some pediatric patients occasionally, um, not on the regular. See a lot of uh, back pain, mm-hmm. neck pain, sports injuries, uh, post-surgical patients. All right, cool. Um, so we'll just get right into uh, the the information. So uh, we already know what you do. Um, what does a typical day look like for you? Primarily, I see neck and back pain okay. from different causes mm-hmm. that can be degenerative, that can be from an auto accident, um, an injury, working out, anything like that. I do see a lot of shoulders, knees, hips, ankles, mm-hmm. not so much um, hands, get those occasionally, yeah. but primarily spine is what I treat the most. Cool. And then, so as a physical therapist, um, what can you prescribe to people for treatments? Um, basically, somebody comes in and we do an evaluation on them. We set up an individualized exercise um, home program for them, get them to, um, moving in the correct ways, stretch out muscles that are tight, work on weaknesses that they have, core stability, different things like that. So setting up that individualized exercise program for them. Um, We cannot prescribe medications, order x-rays, MRIs, any of that good stuff, but we are in contact with their doctors pretty frequently. And if something like that does need to be addressed, we can call the doctor and say, hey, I think they need an MRI. Let's get it rolling and see if they agree. Perfect. So uh, there are a lot of uh, treatments out there. um, And I know that you do the dry needling for the uh, members in the gym, correct? Mm -hmm. All right. And then, so what, I know there's the word needle in it, so I'm sure it involves a needle. (laughs) It does. Uh, Yeah. So uh, what, what is dry needling and why and when is it useful? Um, Dry needling is pretty self-explanatory in the name as far as what the needles look like. Um, You know, it's called dry needling because they're so small, nothing can be injected with the needle. No fluid can actually fit in there like you would think of when you're drawing blood, when you're getting a shot for the flu, anything like Mm -hmm. that. Um, So the needles themselves are very thin, very flexible. And basically the point of dry needling is to release trigger points in the muscle. And a trigger point is basically a very tight knot inside the muscle that you're trying to get to relax. And I I describe it to my patients as instead of me sitting there and trying to squeeze on the muscle to get it to relax, Mm -hmm. I'm using the needle as an instrument to get directly into the middle of the knot to help it relax from the inside. Gotcha. So it's basically instant relief, correct? Most of the time. Some people do have soreness from it. It can last like a typical workout soreness, 24 to 48 hours. Um, If that happens, that settles down and it's a whole lot. Not better with relief, but the initial soreness can be a little irritating at sometimes. But and pretty typically, it's immediate relief. Cool. And so, if say if I have if I get a place like on my shoulder for dry needling, 
am I going to have to come back or is this just like a one-time thing? Oh, that depends on the person. Okay. So sometimes that once is all a person needs because that just gets that muscle to relax and mm-hmm. they can go on with moving non-restricted. Um, and sometimes it have people come back in a couple of days, mm-hmm. sometimes once a week for like two to four weeks. And then we taper off from there if it's more of a chronic tightness. Mm-hmm. Um, but typically for an acute tightness or injury like that, once, gotcha. twice, maybe. Gotcha. So what is the difference between dry needling and acupuncture? So typical acupuncture follows what's called meridian lines, pre-mapped out spots in the body of this area affects this other area in the body. Um, They typically use more needles at a time than we do when we're doing dry needling. It's one needle at a time versus leaving needles in for an extended period of time. Um, They can do trigger point release, what they call ashi points as well. Gotcha. 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 And then, so I'm going to go through all of like the, the treatments that are the most common. And then, so what is the cupping? So cupping, there's two different techniques. You can use more like a suction type Mm -hmm. cupping where you kind of pump up to a certain pressure, or you can do the glass technique Mm -hmm. where you kind of light a fire, like a vacuum effect underneath Mm -hmm. of it, basically to increase blood flow in the muscles. Gotcha. 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 All right. So now we're going to go through the more CrossFit specific questions. Um, So what are the typical injuries that you see with patients that participate in CrossFit? In the clinic, mostly what I've seen of CrossFit athletes is either a back injury or a shoulder injury. Okay. And so, so how would you treat? So whenever, whenever you hear a patient that comes in and says, Hey, Hey, I have this back injury. I do CrossFit. Do you just treat that as a normal, just back injury or is what I'm assuming correct. Can you just kind of walk through the process of kind of just treating that injury? Sure. Um, I would say it's, I treat it just like any normal back injury. There's nothing specific other than their goals, maybe a little higher than um, Miss Jones, who's just wanting to sweep her floors. Yeah. Right. So there's a difference in what our goals are going to be and um, the functional testing that I'm going to do on a CrossFit person versus somebody who just wants to be able to walk and not do that strenuous exercise. But as far as the treatment, it's relatively the same. We're looking at the restrictions, looking at the limitations of what their body has, why Mm -hmm. that injury occurred. Did you have a weakness somewhere? Did you have a tightness somewhere that contributed to compensations while you were lifting? Was it just a freak thing that just needs rest and some stretching and some exercise ideas to get Mm -hmm. it calmed down in the correct way? Gotcha. And then so somebody, if a member walks in the gym and they're sore from the whole week's workouts, um, we do use the foam roller and the cross ball a lot to roll out or sore muscles, Mm -hmm. but that is a short-term relief, right? So um, what exactly happens when we use the foam roller, the lacrosse ball, and should we do that before or after class or both? So basically those are just instruments that you use to help decrease muscle tightness. Okay. Kind of like stretching the muscle, except for just using an instrument to get it to relax a little bit more if it's tightened up on you. as far as when you should use it, 
typically what I recommend, muscles are going to stretch out better when they're warm, mm-hmm. when you have good blood flow going through them, kind of like a rubber band. Okay. If you just try to stretch a rubber band that's cold, it doesn't stretch as far as when it's a little bit warmed. Yeah. Um, muscles are kind of the same way. They have some elasticity to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so doing some kind of warm-up beforehand as far as um, we talked about dynamic warm-up, mm-hmm. which a lot of people don't know what that means. But dynamic warm-up is basically just um, – not holding a stretch initially, just doing some kind of movement like high knees, butt yeah. kicks, yeah. Um, running a couple of times up and yeah. down the gym, something to get your blood flow going. And then after that, doing a stretch to maximize the effects of the stretch mm-hmm. and stretching before exercise um, can be beneficial if you have a tightness that's going to cause you to have compensations mm-hmm. and make your form not correct when you're exercising and when you're lifting, it's good to go ahead and stretch out that muscle before you exercise as well. In addition to the dynamic warm up to get your blood flow going really well. Perfect. And we are, our warmups are dynamic, uh, which is the great thing about uh, our programming. Um, I, whenever coming to the gym, I see, I do see a lot of people just rolling out on the foam roller lacrosse ball before the start of class. But just going on a light 200 meter jog and then if they if they show up a few minutes early to class sure just to maximize the benefits of the foam rolling would you say that it is more beneficial to do the 200 meter jog and then roll out i would say so yeah yeah perfect um and then are there any preventative measures that we can take to minimize the chance of injury Definitely watching your form and making sure that the coaches are giving good feedback, which they generally very much do. Um, But just making sure that you're not pushing yourself too hard as well. You have to listen to your body. If your body's telling you this is hurting, you're either doing something wrong, it's too much weight, and you've got to take that into account and not let your ego get in the way and just think, I'm going to do it. I'm going to muscle through it. And then you're regretting it later because you've strained something too hard. So definitely listen to your body and listening to the coaches and the techniques and the critiques they're giving you because you can't see what you're doing wrong, but it's easy for somebody else to. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. And like we, we talk a lot about the mental toughness, not only on the podcast, but in the gym as well. And it's, it's, it's a good tool to have is whenever you push through, but sometimes Mm -hmm. that isn't necessarily the case. And, I think, oh, God. <laughs> There's a difference between mental toughness to get through an exercise, too, and to push yourself and to make yourself, I don't want to do those other three burpees, and, you know, you're not having any pain. That yeah. mental toughness is definitely important for that. For sure. But as far as, like, pushing through, yeah, this is really twinging. I'm just going to be mentally tough and get through it. That's, That's a whole different story. But mental toughness is so important as far as <laughs> yeah. getting through an exercise because nobody likes burpees. No. No, no, no. <laughs> no. L- no. Uh, love to hate them. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's an excellent, excellent point. Um, so if someone does become injured, um, would you say that, I mean, obviously, depending on the level of injury, because if they, God forbid, break their leg or whatever, um, but if it is just a, like a, a muscle tweak or a pull or whatever, um, should they come back right away and then just take it easy or take some time off to let kind of the muscle re not reset, but just kind of just again, take that, taking that time off or like I kind of mentioned before is just coming back and just moving. Right. And like, as you said, that depends on the level of the injury and the severity. Um, but there is definitely a good benefit to the rest component after you have an injury 
but there doesn't mean you have you can't be active. Mm-hmm. You can definitely still be active and just modify your workouts. Say you have a shoulder injury, hey, you're not going to do snatches the next time you come in. But instead of doing that, you can go out, do extra squats, yeah. something like that, to where it's modified for you, to where you are still being active and able to do your good exercise that you need to do, but being smart and not just continuing to strain that injury. Yeah. And so, but my, if you do have a shoulder injury, um, I might be talking personally about myself for a second. (laughs) Um, So say if you do have a shoulder injury um, and because the shoulders are such a critical component of CrossFit because it is that, that, the, the core and a lot of core stabilization and shoulders are part of the core and we use a lot of that. So, um, and for, take the, doing the snatches, for example, I don't want to, I don't know if this is just my ego, but saying, okay, I just can't do barbell snatches, but what about alternating dumbbell snatches at a light weight? So it, creating the imbalances, because obviously if one shoulder's stronger than the other, but if I work my good shoulder, I don't want to overwork my good shoulder, but then also like creating more of a weakness in my other shoulder by not doing anything with that. You know what I mean? Sure. And that's where the light stabilization exercises come in. And that's a lot of what I teach my patients. Okay. A lot of what we work on in physical therapy is not um, big movements mm-hmm. unless somebody is having trouble getting up from a chair or things like that, that we need just general strengthening. Yeah. A lot of it is stabilization, getting your body prepared to go back to those movements. And that's a lot of strengthening where it's not getting ignored, but it's just a lighter type of workout for returning. And you guys do a great job at making suggestions on some of the things that I would recommend for people to do for stabilizations, as far as band exercises and things mm-hmm. you guys do in here. Um, but yeah, you definitely don't want to ignore one body area and just have that atrophy and become weak and then expect to go back into doing everything. And you can still potentially maybe do bilateral overhead snatch, even with a shoulder injury, but you might have to scale your weight back to where it's something that's not painful. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And again, gonna for, for me personally, that's what I, what I've had to do is use instead of the 35 pound bar that what I was always used to using is going back to the trainer bar and working on not only my technique, but building up that strength and then mm-hmm. just slowly working way up. Um, and then I, first example that comes to mind is the lower back pain issue is if we're doing deadlifts, instead of doing deadlifts, we could do a banded good morning, correct? And that's one of the substitutes that we could do potentially just to, again, build up that strength and still still using the lower back and strengthening it, but not in at a really good intensity, but not going a hundred percent. Correct. Sure. And there's other ways to build that up too. I mean, instead of having a barbell in front of you doing a deadlift, you mm-hmm. can alter it to having dumbbells on either side yeah. and doing that same movement, but not as much strain directly at the low back with yeah. the barbell in front of you while you're recovering. There's different ways to do that, having it from a raised surface, maybe on blocks or something like that, instead of all the way on the floor, there's different ways to build yourself back up into it. For sure. And all right. So a hot topic, uh, that we face in the gym is muscle soreness and pain. So kind of the expert on, uh, on the muscle soreness and pain. So can you kind of go through the difference between muscle soreness and pain? 
this is what I deal with most of, <laughs> most of the day, trying to get people to understand if they're sore or if they're actually in pain. Um, so soreness will last 24 to 48 hours from a workout. Pain can persist longer than that, doesn't have to, but there is a big difference between feeling sore and feeling pain. And I understand after 100 squats, it's going to make you want to go. I'm in a lot of pain today when you have to sit down on the toilet because that's never fun in your quads. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, that's soreness. That's not pain. Pain can be a bunch of different things. It can be aching. It can be throbbing. It can be sharp with different movements. There's a whole slew of words that we can use with pain. Mm -hmm. But trying to pick out, am I sore or am I pain? in pain? Did I push myself too far? Typically, soreness will last 24 to 48 hours. Yeah. And so... What are some questions that you can ask yourself on deciding if, let's say if you're on the home stretch of the soreness being at its peak and you're like, oh my God, I cannot take this anymore. Like I am in, again, like you said, I'm in, people say that I'm in so much pain. Mm -hmm. What are the questions that you can ask yourself on, is it, is it really the soreness or the pain can you kind of elaborate on that? If it's like just one, like you said, like the, the burning, the, the, the whatever, sharp pain. Yeah. Sharp pain. Um, because a lot of, a lot of people heard the delayed onset muscle soreness, the fantastic doms is where the, the muscle soreness is so great that you just, long story short, that you just don't even want to move. And you said that people relate that to, I'm in so much pain. Um, but it's just kind of, I guess, just explaining kind of what the body goes through when they're in the delayed onset muscle soreness. Sure. There, um, there's a couple of different theories as far as what the science will tell us mm -hmm. what causes the soreness. One, I'm sure most people have heard of lactic acid mm -hmm. building up in the muscles, um, just causing that soreness there. Another theory is when you're building strength that your muscles actually go through micro tearing mm -hmm. of the individual small fibers to mm -hmm. rebuild um, so that itself can make you feel soreness yeah um but typically soreness feels better with movement too yeah. you got to ask yourself okay what have i done have i feel sore i feel miserable have i stretched have i continued to move or because it hurts to stand up so much have i just laid on the couch and it hurts more now because yeah. i just sat yeah so def definitely um making sure that you're stretching if you're experiencing soreness mm -hmm. and um making sure that you're moving and not just staying stationary will be things that help with the soreness as well. Yeah. And this is going to be as far as overtraining goes I've, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you shouldn't be sore after every workout. Correct. At, um, at a point when you build up the muscle strength, you should be getting to a point where you are not sore after every single workout. Yes. When you're first starting, that's probably going to happen for a little while. Yeah. Especially if you're going different movements, like one day you're doing squats, next day you're doing bench press. Yeah. Different things are going to become sore until you build up enough to it. And the same thing when you increase your weight. Mm -hmm. When you increase your weight, that's increased strain on your muscle. You can expect soreness from that as well. Yeah. Perfect. And so on the, so we touched up on the soreness side and then on the pain side, just it's as simple as, okay, if this is lasting more than two days, that's when you should see somebody correct? If you have not already started stretching, doing yeah. ice, doing rest, different things already. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Cool. 
So what advice would you give someone who we're going to go with two different um, people, somebody who wants to start CrossFit from both a injury preventive and recovery standpoint, somebody who wants to start CrossFit and somebody who has been involved with, uh, with the sport for a while. So if you just want to kind of start with the person who is thinking about doing CrossFit. CrossFit is definitely a good type of exercise to get into. Yeah. I'd encourage anybody to get into it. I mean, yeah. I like the whole body workouts like it, um, but you definitely have to research the place that you're going to go to. Make sure they have coaches that are going to watch you. Mm-hmm. Not compare yourself to everybody else who's been here for one year, three years. I mean, you're going to have people at all different levels and you definitely should not be self-conscious coming into a place like this um, because everybody started where you are. Mm-hmm. And you have to start somewhere. You're not going to come in and overhead snatch 200 pounds. Yeah. I mean, you're just not going to. And if somebody gets to that point, great. You may never get to that point. You just have to set your own goals. Yeah. And re- what do I want from working out and not compare yourself to other people? And taking it slow, too. Yes. Because, I mean, and I, I've accused myself of this, too, is saying oh well i i can't i can do that it's like mm-hmm. does it just because you can do it doesn't mean you should right you mean yeah and taking it taking it very very slow because again it's just consistency over time leads to the results that you want to see versus just automatically just doing whatever it is you want to do and saying like oh i got it but then a week later you pulled your shoulder yeah <laughs> yeah all right so well and i think one thing that people see with crossfit too is what they're scared to come in and try so they're like oh i'm never going to be able to do that because of what they see on tv and you've got to realize crossfit functions on is a focuses on a lot of functional movements mm-hmm. and you you know build up to it yeah you definitely start on different levels yeah. and that's where coaching comes into it mm-hmm. um is to help you figure out what level you're on and where you need to start and how you get where you want to be mm-hmm. but a lot of people look and they're saying oh i can never do that don't sell yourself short you know yeah for sure and yeah yeah that's you can that, do a lot of amazing things oh Your bodies are designed amazingly yes you know? yes definitely definitely for sure and a, a good point is Whenever I hear somebody say in the gym, "Oh well, I can't do that," I always say, "No, not yet." <laughs> Even it's, right. it's it's just it's just as simple. Whether it be a certain weight on the barbell or a certain movement that we have, whether it be handstand push-ups, bar muscle-ups, or whatever, it's like, no, you just not yet. And and it's it's just building up that again that foundation because we want to build up to that to again see the results that we want to see executed. Obviously at a proper body mechanics all right and then switching gears to somebody who has been involved with the sport for a while so if if you have been doing crossfit for a while you know kind of the risks that is involved i i do want to mention that crossfit as a sport is different than the crossfit that we do right in in class because obviously those are those are like trained professional athletes and yes we do the same movements but their intensity even though we both go 100% because it's all relative but just because that they're going 100% all the time does not mean that you need to mimic that um and i think just with over time a lot of people just think oh well like they do that so i'm going to do that too um so what advice would you give somebody that has been involved in the sport for a while um as far as again like the the pre the preventative care and then the 
the recovery. Making sure you're not ignoring that for sure. Um, I think people get into a habit where, oh, I've done that a million times. I don't need to stretch or I don't need to do this specific warm up or cool down afterwards. I'm good. Just because you get in the habit, you get used to doing stuff, you think your body's used to it. Well, eventually, like- <laughs> <laughs> eventually it becomes not used to it when you stop your preventative measures. So making sure that you're still being smart, being aware, taking care of yourself and doing what you, what you need to. Perfect. Yeah. And so adding on to just CrossFit as a whole, um, CrossFit has definitely evolved from where it started, however many years it was, like I want to say 13, but mm-hmm. I don't know for sure. It was, it started out as just a, a very high intense program that it was just done in a garage, which isn't really too far from what we do now, but definitely just taking the more, again, the preventative measures and making sure that there are proper, proper body mechanics told by, from the coaches to the members and really paying attention to how they move. Um, but how, how do you feel about the different levels that we have now versus just throwing a workout at people and just saying, oh, just do what you can? Right. Um, I was thinking back to while you were talking, I was thinking back to about eight years ago, I started physical therapy school. Mm-hmm. And I remember at that time when I started, at most physical therapists that I talked to, at least, seemed to be against CrossFit. And that was because, oh, hey, this new CrossFit gym in town opened up. We're going to be getting a lot of referrals. There's a lot of injuries coming in. Um, and I think that was because the focus at that time, you're right, was on here's the workout. Just do it. There's no modifications. But if you can't do it, too bad. Yeah. You know, and I feel like that was the stigma with it at that time. Um, now there's a whole lot more scaling. So you have three people, let's say, doing the same workout this person's doing a modification this way. This one is doing the regular workout and this person has to modify this one exercise. There's a lot more individualization, which I think has cut down on injuries a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a lot more coaching. I think beforehand it was just post the workout. Here you go. We're going to have someone in here watching you, but not really. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And that's where a lot of the injuries and the bad rap with CrossFit came from. But I think now it's really evolved and it's become – a great program and it's the functional type movements of exercise that I think are the most beneficial. Yeah. Cross body workouts, verifying, varying what you're doing, adding cardio and lifting all together, not just focusing on one area versus the other. Yeah. Just good for overall total fitness. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. And, um, and it, we kind of, we just now kind of briefly went over this, but I want to touch on it again is watching, the early games with bad form versus the new games with excellent form and the recovery techniques used is because like you see these CrossFit games, athletes on Instagram do cryotherapy. Yeah. 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 And so there's a bunch of different types of cryotherapy. Yeah. 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 And so that's, that's just as an example. Um, And then you see all of these games athletes doing the recovery versus I think in the early forms, the athletes themselves weren't even, participating in the recovery um and how with uh, yeah with excellent form in the recovery techniques um how we've adopted that at riot and again contacting you you've uh, you've been an excellent resource just with helping people like with the dry needling and and promoting that and if people see you for uh physical therapy um and we we did kind of 
touch on the recovery efforts that the average CrossFitter can add to their um, their routine. So we have the dry needling and stuff like that. Um, as far as home remedies that we do, do you have anything specific that that you would say that is somewhat affordable? affordable and then something that they can do all the time versus like the static stretching at home. Is that kind of helpful or like what do like the Epsom salt baths or whatever? Oh yeah. I definitely think staying consistent with your stretching is important because let's say you make it to the gym three days a week. Okay. Well, your muscles have time to tighten up in between then. So if you know that you're more prone to an injury, definitely staying on your static stretching in between, because mm-hmm. let's face it, not all of us go every day. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but definitely preventative measures like that you can do for free ice inexpensive. You can yeah. get a Ziploc bag, put ice in it, put it on your areas that you worked out that day, help prevent inflammation, definitely keeping your range of motion normal and in a good um, flexibility. It's going to help with your lifting techniques. Yeah, for sure. Um, This is a question that just popped in my head. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with ROMWOD, the the stretching program that we have. Um, If somebody is experiencing pain with a stretch, what is necessarily happening when that happens? Because, I mean, obviously the the range of motion is definitely limited. And then in order to increase upon that um, is to do the ROMWODs more. Um, but if they feel, if their muscles or joints feel achy afterwards, what, what is the body saying when that happens? Depends on what body part you're talking about. Like if for, <laughs> let's just use a shoulder, for example. Sure. Like, do, like if the, the twisted cross absolutely hurts mm-hmm. whenever you do that, what kind of, what is, what is the body necessarily telling you? Typically, there's some kind of underlying injury in there. So most of the time when you bring your shoulder across your body, if you're getting pain, especially in the front of the top of your shoulder, you're getting an impingement of the tendons, most likely the rotator cuff. So there may be an underlying instability there or a weakness there causing your shoulder to move a little bit abnormally, or you may just not be getting it in the optimal position. So making sure when you are stretching that you're not just, oh, yeah, that's pinching. I'm going to go ahead and keep going through it. Mm -hmm. Stretches aren't comfortable. You're supposed to cause discomfort in order to stretch something, but it shouldn't be an impingement or a sharp pain or increased aching after you're done. um, Other than just, I need to walk it out because it feels a little bit stiff after I did that. Yeah. Um, So if you are experiencing that, you might be putting your joint in a position where it is impinging and you may need to alter how you're doing that stretch to still get an effectiveness on those muscles without causing an impingement on a tendon. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. That is all of the questions that I had today. Um, Jessica, do you have anything else to add? I don't think so. All right, cool. All right, guys, we will wrap it up there and we'll see you again next week. Bye.